I'm Dr. Rob McKenna, and welcome to The Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for the sake of others. In his book, The Speed of Trust, Stephen Covey says this, there is one thing that is common to every individual, relationship, team, family, organization, nation, economy, and civilization throughout the world. One thing which, if removed, will destroy the most powerful government, the most successful business, the most thriving economy, the most influential leadership, the greatest friendship, the strongest character, the deepest love. He goes on to say this, on the other hand, if developed and leveraged, that one thing has the potential to create unparalleled success and prosperity in every dimension of life. Yet it is the least understood, most neglected, and most underestimated possibility of our time. And that one thing is trust. And while all of those statistics are intriguing and that I gave are, and cause us to gulp as we consider the implications, and an even bigger gulp comes when it gets personal, trust is impacting us in every moment. While we tend to separate the business sides of our lives from the heart sides of our lives and our daily interactions, the most true reality is that the dilemma between the visible and invisible parts of our lives is where the greatest tensions in our very existence exist. That's the real story. That is the story of wild leaders. And our fundamental question, without trust, nothing goes well. Without trust, and more specifically, with blind trust or blind compulsion, we treat trust as a feeling or and as something we either have or don't have as opposed to a choice, something we have agency to provide and receive. And that isn't, that isn't trust at all, but compulsive distrust. <clears throat> to assume that trust is only based on the business side of our lives is to ignore the reality that at least half of what trust is about is based on invisible but deeply salient and powerful factors that form it and cause us to offer it or to receive it. A lack of trust causes us to make poor business decisions. A lack of trust is viral as it spills out into every interaction in our lives if I don't trust you and I work with you or I live with you, I stop communicating clearly and fully. I make decisions based on too little information. I become self-protective over healthy and whole. And as I distrust you, others will likely come to distrust me. So let's get to, into the foundations of trust as we prepare for this series to go deep. And as I offer these perspectives on trust, I'm not describing the factors contributing to an oversimplified short-term approach to trust. I'm speaking of in, an enduring and resilient trust, a wild trust, a surprising trust that will help us navigate the most challenging moments in life. So let me break down some of the factors. Let's just talk about some of these things. The first thing is this, trust is, is the lubricant like oil in our cars, without which our engines will seize and freeze up. Trust is the oil of functioning in every piece of our lives. Trust is not the reason we exist or the purpose of our teams, but it is something that we cannot function without. Trust is the most powerful lubricant in organizational life and in life in general. Trust is a process. Trust is an ongoing conversation that involves our thinking, our actions, our interactions with our world through our hardest experience. 
but trust is not a destination. When we treat it as a destination, we make the mistake of becoming compulsive and reactive as opposed to intentional. It's where we say like, I lose trust or I gain trust and it's gone or it's here. It's a process. When asked whether or not we trust our team members or family members, the better question would probably be this. What do you trust in your team members right now? And where is trust challenging for you? That's a process question as opposed to a destination question. Trust is a relational process. Trust involves a trustee and a trustor. Trust always includes both someone who is offering trust and someone who is receiving it. And those players in that equation are imperfect. If trust was only generated, if I do you right all the time, no one would ever trust another person again. If trust is defined by perfect interactions, it is impossible to achieve because we are both winners and failures, meaning we will miss, we will miss fire, and we will miss the mark with each other. It was interesting at my wedding, a good friend of mine, uh, we spoke, my dad actually married my wife and me, but a good friend of mine, we wanted my dad's voice in it, and we wanted a younger voice in it, so we brought one of my good friends in. And this is what he said that kind of froze the entire congregation. He said, the vows you are about to say out loud, you cannot keep. And he stopped. And everybody in the whole in that whole church kind of froze like, what? Like, who says that at a wedding? And he went on to say this. He said, it is only by the grace of God that you will be able to keep them. And what a statement about trust. And do you know why my friend Matt was so wise beyond his years? Because he was in his late 20s. Because he was already married. And he and saw something that I didn't understand yet, but I understand now. Trust is a choice. Enduring trust is always going to be impacted by our feelings, but not solely defined by what we feel or do compulsively. Without a more whole and intentional perspective on trust, most often our experiences end up shaping into compulsions if we aren't intentional about our responses to our world. And the hardness of life causes us to push toward those compulsions and to act out of defaults as opposed to choice. And that's what psychologists would describe as agency. And my hope for each of us, because I know that in some cases we have experienced hardness of life that has caused this issue of trust to, to, to emerge as a compulsion. I just don't trust people. And my hope for each of us is that, that we will see the choice that we can make. The trust is not something we have or don't have, but a process of chosen steps to say, I will trust you enough to take that next step. Or I do not trust you enough to take that next step. That's the choice, at least not now. That would be an honest expression of, of the process of trust. Trust is a process and not a destination. And the deepest level of trust being a choice and not a feeling. And when asked if we trust our spouses or our coworkers, if we're honest, most of us probably would say, with what? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's just, I'm, it's just, with what? Let's talk about what are we talking about here? Let's be specific. Here's another thing. Trust connects the invisible. And when we say invisible, I'm talking about our thinking and feeling to the visible. It is most clearly seen through our actions. In that way, it is the bridge between what is going on inside of us and what we are actually doing. 
because trust is a is the concrete manifestation of our belief in someone if i trust you i will choose to believe that you will be there when i need you most and in that way trust is the bridge between our thinking and doing it's like a trust fall i choose to actually fall that's a concrete action because of my belief that my team will be there to catch me when i fall trust requ trust requires increased knowledge of yourself and others. If I don't know you and you don't know me, can you really trust me? Because to really know each other is to know both places where we're trustworthy and places where we aren't yet. And trust requires maintenance. And while it would be a lot easier if trust were something we either have or don't have, life would be a lot less interesting. We are not machines. We are living and breathing beasts in a world with desires, motivation, skills, loss, wins, experiences, and the ability to learn, grow, and love, or to deny all of those things to the world. And we have to continue to understand what's going on in ourselves, those multiple variables that are shaping the whole person that we are. Trust also requires sacrifice. Trust is selfless and selfish. Trust requires a sacrifice because to trust anyone else and to put your life and leaders and work in the hands of other imperfect human beings is to sacrifice self-protection for life, moving toward the potential for wholeness. And, and trust is not built or, or and not given or taken in a moment. It is, it, it is built. Trust is built. It takes time. Let me say that again. I said that poorly. Trust is built and not given or taken in a moment. It is built. It takes time to build most things of lasting value. Most of the time when we when we have lost trust in others, it is not in a moment, but over a lifetime of failures, a lifetime of selfishness on the part of another or a lifetime of someone labeling us as untrustworthy. We live on both sides of that lifetime. We sometimes don't trust others and we are sometimes untrustworthy. Which leads to my next thing. Trust is a belief. Because trust is a belief, if I don't trust you, you are more likely to behave in an untrustworthy way. You always or you never or any other hyperbolic statements about others will often fulfill that prophecy. Trust isn't only about me doing what I say I will do. Trust is your belief that I have your desires in mind and not simply what I think is good for you. I actually am saying, what do you want? And that belief is built through, how is that built? It's through, built through honest and courageous conversations. So we must get better at conversations of love and truth. And when this happens, yes, love and truth, like it work. And when this happens, it spreads because trust is contagious, meaning it spreads. When it's going well, it moves into other spaces of our lives. When it starts to break down over time, it breaks down other relationships and systems that have worked for us in the past. If I don't trust team members, then I express differently with customers and then the customers don't trust me. And so it has this way of bleeding out into other relationships in our lives at work and in, in the rest of it. And a deeper trust requires, this is probably the biggest thing of all, we're going to talk about this more, a deeper trust requires vulnerable knowing of myself and others. 
The reason why we have an epidemic of trust is because we live in a world that denies our greatest and deepest need to be known for our imperfection. That does not a world that doesn't tolerate confession or apologies in our leaders, and that and that breaks down trust. We cannot really trust until we get vulnerable. We are untrustworthy until we are known, until we are learning. There was an important meta-analysis, just to get into the research for just a moment, where trust was defined as this, the willingness of a party to be vulnerable to the actions of another party based on the expectation that the other will perform a particular action important to the trustor irrespective of the ability to, to monitor or control that other party. And there's another definition uh, that defines trust as a psychological state comprising the intention to accept what? Vulnerability. To accept vulnerability based upon positive expectations of the intention or behavior of another. And here's what was interesting about the authors of this meta-analysis who, who pulled those definitions from others. They said this, in this meta-analysis, Published in 2022, it said this about what these definitions share. Trust involves two or more parties that assume the role of the trustor, the party extending the trust, and the trustee, the party being trusted. Trust is developmental and not a trait. It's important stuff, right? Meaning it can change and it's not fixed. Trust is, they also say trust is, 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 is a psychological thing. And it's, it's, that's important. And in thinking, it's because it happens in the thinking of an individual. They also say trust is given its meaning through consideration of uncertainty about and dependence on future actions and intentions by another person. What they don't address that fascinates me is this. What's common about these two definitions is vulnerability. The willingness to be vulnerable in the first definition and the accepting of vulnerability in the second. Intentional and chosen vulnerability. Without vulnerability, that openness and courage to take that step that opens opens us up to the potential of being hurt, because that's what vulnerability is, an openness to being hurt, there is not trust. And that may, may be one of the greatest paradoxes of our organizational life, that vulnerability is required to build a foundation of trust in spite of the reality that vulnerability is dangerous and reckless. But it is only dangerous and reckless if the outcome we are seeking is selfish ambition, affirmation and personal gain. If we are seeking wholeness, love, and trust, it is something we cannot live without. It is a necessary danger if we are going to grow, to learn, to perform, to serve, and to trust each other. And this is why we built and do all the things that we do as a part of Wild Leaders. It's so core to all of those things. And so... There's a lot to chew on there. I know there is a lot to chew on. So at this point, for the next few weeks and today, let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening to this Wild Conversation. To join our live Wild Conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. And subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.